Welcome everybody to another episode of the King's Table, where it's all about bourbon, brotherhood, breaking bread. I mean, I almost died. Yeah, you almost died. I almost died. You, <laughs> hold on, you even asked me if I was okay. What? Oh, my bad. That's I did crazy. that before we started. That's crazy. <laughs> I almost died. You sitting there? Oh, did you take the whole thing back? <laughs> Well, put something in your cup, man. Put something in your cup, I'm, brother. I almost died. Well, you this the liquor will kill whatever bacteria was gonna. You know, you're absolutely right. Take you out. Oh, I think man. it might be a cure for COVID. In don't fact, put don't put that tag on this video. In fact, <laughs> if you want to be cured from COVID, <laughs> lots of liquor will do it to you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's yeah, get into it, man. Yo, we rolling. We rolling. Oh shit, we, we rolling. We rolling. Yeah, we're rolling, rolling. Rolling, rolling. Yeah, we rolling, like rolling, 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 rolling. Oh shit! I hope y'all excited. Rolling, because everybody else is. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we want to welcome you to another episode of the King's Table. The King's Table, where it's all about bourbon, brotherhood, and we breaking bread, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, man. So you know, we've been talking a lot of things. Manhood and masculinity, mm-hmm. and so I think it's only right that we broach the subject of marriage. Oh shit! Did I did I agree to this? I think it might have been you that suggested it. Me? Yeah, it might have been you, bro. You was know? I drunk? I th- you probably were. Oh, I mean, shit. most of the time you are. Oh shit! <laughs> was I high too? Oh uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you texted it to me. Yeah, that's crazy. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean. You know, it is definitely a, a topic. It's a hot topic. Oh, it always is. It's always a hot topic. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, man. One thing I was thinking about was after our last episode, what well, was episode before last, you know, we were talking about Kevin Samuels and, you know, how he does this whole, what he used to do, his um, – Little, you know, pointers on how women can get married or how to find a man and stuff like that. And so it got me thinking, like, uh, I started doing some research. And one thing that I found is that, like, you know, black men Mm. are the least married or we get married less than the other major races in in the United States. Mm So I don't know. I was just kind of thinking. It kind of got me going down a rabbit hole, and I just kind of want to talk about it. Neither one of us is an expert, but you know, I got why 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 ain't we getting married as much? Well, I, I don't know. I've been there and got a t-shirt, brother. <laughs> so you've been there, got the t-shirt, I ain't going back, and you ain't going back. I ain't going back. All right, let's talk about it. Kicking, screaming, <laughs> dragging me across the street. <laughs> now, nah, um, I. I I think I think marriage is beautiful. Marriage is absolutely beautiful. Um, I don't I don't necessarily think that it fits for everyone. Yeah. Um, there's no way. There's no specific way to have a relationship. Right. Um, and and there's just no way to to specific way to love somebody. Yeah. Besides loving the person like they need to be loved. That's true. Does that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. So so a lot of times I think we try to fit our relationship in societal society's norms, yeah. societal norms. And it shit, it may not be for everybody. Like the way I wanna love you know on what? my woman or women. I'm gonna pull one of your moves. Okay. 
My fault not to cut you off. All right, cool. <laughs> but you know, it is our tradition to introduce the bottle. Yes, sir. So tonight, tell them what we're drinking. Oh, uh, man. This should actually be the title of the, the, today's episode. Should it? Yeah. So today we're drinking uh, the Contradiction Bourbon. Contradiction Bourbon. Yes, sir. It's a... Uh, <laughs> people like it <laughs> people like it thanks everyone uh, thanks everyone don't give us new toys <laughs> so um yeah it's just a straight it's a straight bourbon and what's what's particular about the what's particularly special about this bourbon it's actually made in the mountains of West Virginia nice yeah so it's made in the heart of Appalachia in the heart of Appalachia where the good, where the good water is yeah but it this you know one you know Appalachia is where moonshine kind of yes, got sir. started Thank God it ain't that. Thank God it ain't that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, this is this is real nice. It's a nice, smooth, kind of smoky taste, man. Um, and what's crazy is when it hit my lip, it was smooth. Yeah. But when it started opening up in my paws, right? Pause. Pause. <laughs> when it started opening up in my mouth, like it started like changing flavor profiles. Mm. So it wasn't it got, that smooth. So it, nah, it got spicier and spicier as as it slid down. So that's why it's called contradiction. Is that what you think? I think so. So because it's smooth on the front end, super smooth on the front end, right? But in the millisecond, it's like nah. Gotcha. Spicy. So you know, as you said, contradiction. I think we might call this episode that. Mm-hmm. And you know, you were speaking on marriage. You were speaking on relationships. How it's not one size fit all. Fits all. You know. So I mean, I tend to agree with you. You know, I think part of the reason why. You know, especially like black people or black men specifically tend to be the least married. I think part of the reason why is because we're like, you know, it's it's kind of like you've been told. We get told what to do so much. You know, we get controlled a lot. How how far you know? back was that study? How far back did you go? Uh, so the most recent numbers I got was 2014. Okay. So it was pretty recent. All right. So. There, there's a lot of errors that we have to, well, shoot, not even a lot of errors. I'm saying like the, the whether you want to believe in the gender or not, it's always been, uh, yeah, there's no other word I could use for this. It's, it's always been a priority of, we'll say them mm-hmm. or the people or the man or the system okay. to break up black families, yeah. right? Yeah. When when they brought the slaves over, when they brought the, the Africans, right. and we'll say slaves, right? When they threw them on the ships, what did they do? They raped them in front of their families, yeah. and they raped their women in front of the men. Buck-breaking. Buck-breaking, right? Yeah. So then you have slavery, you know what I'm saying? As slavery went on, um, it wasn't encouraged for them to get married, they had to sneak away to get married. Right. Right. Then moving on, let's fast forward to, and I, and I think this era kind of put like the, the nail in the cough. Well, nah. So, so I'll say this, my fault. My, my mind is just, is everywhere right now. The crack epidemic. Yeah. Right. The crack epidemic was not just a war on drugs, but it was also a war on, um, on black men, yeah, on black communities, because they pumped these drugs into the communities, 
a lot of the women, yeah, got hooked, but the men that got hooked, they also were arrested. Mm, taken away. And taken away. Thrown in jails. Thrown in jail. That right? makes a good sense. In addition to the user, the seller, you got caught, whether I'm saying you was transporting, whether you were using, whether you were dealing, you got thrown in jail. Right. So and, they basically made it a crime to be an addict. A crime to be an addict, a crime to be a dealer. Although we were getting it from them. Right. We were getting it from them. Mm-hmm. It was a crime on us for no matter where you fell within that, that system. So are you saying that part of the, the reason why the marriage rates were so low is because part of what happened in the 80s with the war on drugs, it kind of took the men out the homes, we'll say the out eight, the communities? Out the communities, out the homes, out the lives of their their women and children. You know I'm saying? Like, even when you think about, um, let's just go a little bit further. So that's the 80s. Now it's still in the 80s, 80s and 90s, when when, when the social... When the social welfare system got got um, uh, publicized, and they were promoting these social services, but wait, 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 you can't have a man in your house. Oh, wait, 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 you can't make a certain amount of money. Mm. Oh, wait, 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 you can't be in a position to advance yourself. Right. So, in so many ways, in so many facets, I'm saying like. It was deliberate of them to remove not just the man, but the black man from the home. Right. So you could receive these social benefits, these social welfares. Yeah. You know, I think I think part of, so I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. And I, I think the other reason why a lot of men in general uh, is and not just black men, but like men in general in today in twenty twenty two aren't getting married. It's because a lot of them don't necessarily see the benefit. Mm-hmm. So if you think about marriage as a social construct, mm-hmm. right, it has for the longest time been what I would call like a patriarchal, it's, it's been something that kind of advantages the man or gives a man an advantage in a sense. Mm-hmm. But when you go in and you look back on how it started or, you know, like the earliest reference or the earliest archaeological evidence of marriage goes back to like 2300 BC in Mesopotamia and they what the the researchers found is that the reason why we started having monogamy so to speak is because men wanted to know they wanted to biologically know who their children were because before then they they think that you know people lived in groups Right. And then as we became more of an agrarian society where, you know, we were hunter gatherers and we started to try to build dynasties and stuff like that. Men wanted to know, like, who is my child? Mm -hmm. Like out of this group, who is mine? So that's kind of where monogamy came from. And then over the years, of course, you know, that kind of got built into Christianity and Judaism. Right. Like, you know, the thing is, even about Christianity and, and Judaism, and this goes into Islam, too, like. Marriage as a monogamous construct did not become a cultural norm Mm -hmm. until like the 5th century B.C., right? So before then, people were polygamous. And part of the, the advantage for a man in that sense was, number one, 
the more money I make, the more status I want to show, the more wives I can afford. Mm-hmm. Number two, like, if, if I have a wife who can't bear a son or bear an heir, period, if I have multiple wives. Eight, nine, ten. Yeah. I mean, just look at the story of Abraham and, and Isaac. You know, like, they have multiple wives, Jacob. So that was part of it. And then the other thing about that whole thing was it was like it made your economics a little better. You know, that was really the main advantage for a woman is was economics. But if there's you, a lot of benefits in polygamy. Yeah, I think I think there are, but I think nowadays I think the thing is due to the modern feminist movement, right? And due to the fact that women are, you know, much more equal earners. They don't necessarily need a man for economic reasons. So I, I think the radical feminist movement is a war on manhood, mm. right? Speak um, on that. Where, whereas, not not to say that there isn't injustice, especially like economically, right? Yep. If, if we're both doing the same job, we both should be getting paid the same. That's right. But I, I think that <clears throat> a, a lot of that movement is really meant to distract from Again, being able to build a family because mm-hmm. now the woman is saying now, well, I make more than you. Yeah. So you're you're beneath me, mm-hmm. not even on my side. You saying you're not even my, you're beneath me. Yeah, that does because, happen because women, right? Statistically, they they graduate from colleges and they have they're more educated. Right. Right. They're more educated than men. Yeah. So like you have, you have a system where women are getting promoted and they have status now, whereas men, mm-hmm. they're in because of the good old boys clubs. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not as degreed. Right. We're not as, as even shit, even disciplined in a lot of ways. That's true too. So, so you have like the system that's propping up women and building out these, um, these uh, hyperbolic, attitudes mm-hmm. that's a little aggressive and not to say that men aren't aggressive right. in a lot of ways, but like I, I look at some of the feminists that I know that are celebrating this month. Yeah, <laughs> this is June. So this <laughs> is pride yeah. month. Right. Um, so, and, and they're just not the nicest people towards men. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see your point there. And I think part of that is like, the societal pressure. So if you think I'm, try, about, I'm trying not to get us canceled, you try not to get us canceled. But I say it like this is like, you know, it used to be before men and women became more equal earners, especially in a Western society. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be that since a man could earn more, honestly, the vast majority of women, they were like domestics, right? They worked in the home, right? Which is a, it's an honorable thing. Oh, it sure. is very valuable to our society. For sure. But over the years, they'd have it, they, they've come into the workforce. And so now men are sharing that space. So it's not like a woman has to look for a man to be like the sole financial provider. So it's like, okay, you take that from a man. And so it's like, well, all right, that's one thing that's taken away. And then another thing that I think, especially nowadays, that goes on. It is it is far this has to be the easiest era for premarital sex. Mm-hmm. Like I think that like 
people are having more premarital sex. Like it's like a swipe on the phone now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Used to be you had to, you know, meet a young lady, you had to have a conversation, yeah, play yeah. the game, get the phone number. Yeah. Now it's like a, a swipe left, swipe right. A couple dates, two, three dates. Yeah. So it's kind of like it used to be this thing where it was like you didn't get the total package mm. until you were down the line a little bit. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, it's like, uh, you know. Yeah, you got to be at home base for a couple weeks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you get a little butt squeeze, get to first base, a little bit, a little kiss, a little right. smooch. But now, I mean. Walk your way to second base. From what I understand, it's like swipe left, swipe, left, swipe right in this oh, new generation. Oh, it's easy. So, I'm not saying from experience. Well, yeah, man. But <laughs> it ain't hard. Yeah. So it's kind of like if I if I can get the whole if I can get the whole buffet without working, you know working for, for work you for or right, what, right, or, right. or even establishing myself. To but I, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that though. You know, Cause, I don't because as adults we're sexual we're naturally sexual beings. Yeah. So if if I smell your scent, you smell my scent, and both our tails raise. Well, shit, we got a decision to make now. Do we? Do I give you my word that I'm that you're in a safe space with me, mm-hmm. vice versa, right? Um, and not going to use this moment or this act against you, right. or just just being respectful throughout the process on both parts. Yeah. If you meet an hour, <laughs> hour later, and saying like, you know, a, it, there, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there. You know, so I don't think there's anything wrong with it. However, I do think, though, when you think about the nature of men, we're possessive. Mm-hmm. I mean, even to the point where you talk about marriage, like women, our women used to be like a possession, mm-hmm. you know, even so much. Surprise, surprise. Women were so much of a possession that if you believe the Bible, right, if you believe in the Bible, there's even a commandment that says you shouldn't covet. Or, you know, seek out another man's wife or anything in his house. And all the other things that are mentioned are possessions. Mm-hmm. So the wife is like a possession, right? So we're possessive in a sense. And I think part of the thing is I, I would imagine that if you were out here dating and everything and, you know, the access to a sexual partner is so easy. It's like if a woman, because, I mean, let's call let's be straight about it. If a woman got 50 bodies. All in Mecklenburg County. Oh shit, she got a couple STDs. How 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 would you approach? <laughs> like you may really be into yeah, it, and yeah. I I know everybody's got a pass, but then it's like, because uh, chances are she might have slept with one of my subs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like it, like we still have that possessive nature, and and we still want our queen to be kind of um, pristine in a way. Sure. So I think that's a roadblock for a lot of guys. Yes, which leads to the reason to lie. Because <laughs> <laughs> men lie too, right? But women, women, well, people, people lie. You know what I'm I think it's all across human nature. It's across the board. Um, if if you ask a shorty, well, how many people you slept with? Oh, I slept with three. Yeah, you got double. Nine. You got double that. <laughs> <laughs> And they have like the dope counts. Well, he put it in, but <laughs> I only had half an orgasm, so that didn't count. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, but I, I think it's like 
we're as a society, it would appear that certain things aren't as like sacred. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, you know, do what you do. And it's nothing wrong. I feel like two consenting adults should be able to do whatever. For sure. But but to to your point, um, and we kind of said this earlier, we're living in a time that is everything is just so overly sexualized. Yeah. I'm saying so it's like from the music we listen to, like on the urban radio stations. It's all sex. Oh, man, it's all sex and violence, sex, sex, drugs and violence. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you drive down the street, the billboards, you know what I'm saying? Like <clears throat> all the marketing, you're on social media, you know what I'm saying? Sex is everywhere. It's always been everywhere, but it has never been overly sexualized. Society's never been overly sexualized as much as it is now. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. You know, and I think the thing is, like, as a society, we get exposed to it mm-hmm. earlier and earlier. And I think, I honestly think sometimes it's kind of like our children get so many sexual messages. Mm. <clears throat> By the time they become of age, like they have a lot more experience than we did as mm-hmm. teens. You know what I'm saying? So by the time they get to this, excuse me, the, mar- the marrying age. Yeah. It's like, yo, what's the point? Because, yeah. yo, what's crazy is back when we when we were growing up you had to wait till you got home made sure nobody was home yeah close the door maybe prop something behind the door Facts. right and have an exit put, plan put, put a little wedge like make a <laughs> make a <laughs> put the put the chair under the door put knob. the chair under the door knob them saying take a sock fold it up a couple not i mean i did, i didn't do it personally but I heard through the grapevine. Yeah, you know, I saw it on the movie. Yeah, once, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Take a sock, and I'm saying, prop it under the door, kind of push it down so, you know, door can't open. Do all that. Yeah. Then look out the window if you had a window in your room, right? Mm-hmm. Take that, go under your bed, pull out the box with the VHS tapes. Yeah. Blew it a little bit. Right. Throw it in the VCR. Yeah. If you ain't had time to rewind it the last time you watched it, Got to rewind it to rewind. The, or fast rewind. forward or fast forward to the good parts. Yeah. Then you had to watch that shit on low. Yeah. <laughs> Just to do what you need to do. Just to do what you need to do. But now. And in that same box, you had the magazine. The, yeah. But you had to come home to it. Right. Or it was in your school bag. You didn't carry that around like that. Nah. So, so like, like you just said, now it's in your phone. Yeah, it's everywhere. You, you could be in the back of your parents' car, you know what I'm saying, like... Checking it out. Watching Super Squirters. And, yeah. You know I'm saying? Gang bangs. And. Yeah, it's just so overly sexual. It, even to, you know, there's like a phenomenon of men who are like... Or, you know what? I, I'll take it since we are in, in June, right? So one of the... Uh, and this is kind of off topic, but like I think that's part of the reason why we have so many... Young people, especially Gen Zs, mm-hmm. who are saying like they're asexual, mm-hmm. right? They're non-sexual. Like they don't, it's not even a gender thing for them. They just don't want to have sex, yeah. right? And I think part of it is like they may have been too sexualized, overly sexualized to the point where it's like it's not even, it's not even a pursuit anymore. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, I, I mean, I'll be honest, like as a, as a teen, you know, who had just, you know, kind of found his way <laughs> in that sense, like... <laughs> 
it was a pursuit. Yeah, yeah. Like you couldn't just, it was not instant. It took work. And if you had sex with a girl when you was like 15, 16, yeah. like that was an accomplishment. Bro, we talk about movie dates. Yeah. Talk about, and, and how, how old were you when you started driving? I was 16. Well, you're 15 and a half, 16. All right, cool. So I had many hoopties that I had to give a lot of excuses for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. Just, just to go to the movies, go to Applebee's and shit. Yeah. You had to, look, after track practice, you know what I mean? I I know so much of Northeastern Ohio. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was like a quest. It was like something you had to go seek yeah, out. For sure, for sure. And not every girl was, was just like, yo, yeah, let's do whatever. But now well, it depends what high school <laughs> depends. <laughs> you know, Catholic school. Yo, they call they call my school. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna tell you what high school I went to because y'all gonna judge <laughs> y'all gonna judge my school. But they called us pregnant high, bro. Hey, look, we had one of those classes. <laughs> now nah, we had the whole school. <laughs> we had the whole school. Our school throughout throughout the city was called pregnant high. And um, we had a daycare in there and everything. Yeah, but you know that brings a a, a really good point. Mm-hmm. So probably Kevin Samuels. Back to him. Not that we're you know like you know acolytes of him or anything. Mm-hmm. But one of his most famous clips was when he was talking to a woman that had children, mm-hmm. and she was at a you know a fairly advanced age. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like, man, and, no guy that's wants. That's a really nice way of saying she was old. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. You know what I mean? PC I do what Ken. I do. <laughs> <laughs> My man said at a very event. <laughs> you know, we do what we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, we don't want to get canceled. But the thing is, he that was telling was old. He was saying, like, look, you're at a certain age, and a man probably, and you got kids, mm-hmm. right, that, like a, a man may not want to marry you because of that. When you think about it, especially in our community, a lot of us are born to single moms. It's nothing against those women for having those children, right? Because we wouldn't have got here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My parents were not married when I was born. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I think a lot of guys are kind of like, well, you know, I prefer to, to marry a woman who either A, doesn't have kids, mm-hmm. Or B, you know, didn't have a child out of wedlock, so to speak. Because there is that thing in the back of our minds about our possessiveness. Sure. Where we want to, you know, we want to have something that's a little, that we may perceive to be more pure. Now, I'll be honest with you, bro. So, like, it's no secret. So, I was, I'm divorced, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to date a woman with no children. Yeah. And I'm iffy about dating women that haven't been married before. Right. Because I think conversations are different expectations are different yeah um i i think that we'll be able to love each other different because of what we know we've what we've been through right right and i think that it's especially like the whole children thing um as as a parent it's like well shit i can't always hang out yeah and if you can't relate to the reasoning for my responsibilities and the level of my responsibilities facts well shit I don't know what to tell you. I can't hang out tonight. I gotta help my kids with the home, with their homework. You got responsibilities. I can't go, I can't be with you all weekend. I got kids. Yeah, <laughs> and a whole business to run. And a business. You can't come over my house. Yeah, because my kids are there. Right. So it's like there's a lot of things that 
people without children, it's hard for them to really understand. And the whole idea of wanting to start a family together, right? Um, it's it's important. Yeah. Like for me, that's 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 not where I am. Right. So I have to find somebody that that is where I am, and that can meet my criteria and, and my desires. You know, I I think that's a good point, and I think part of that is like there's an expectation gap. Mm-hmm. So, mm. you know, I got, I got a, you know, big, big time. Yeah. I got a, a real close friend who, you know, they tend to have some issues with the women that they date. And we always end up having these conversations. And I, I always say like, listen, man, like, I don't know that you're doing the best job of putting your expectations out up front. Right. And that, I mean, it's a different topic, but part of the thing is like, if you don't tell a person what you're expecting, then they're going to move based off their expectations. And when their expectations aren't met, they're going to be disappointed. And when you haven't properly communicated your expectations, you're going to be disappointed, sure. right, when they don't meet it. So I think, but I think that's a part of it. You know, I looked up a few stats, and I just wanted to share these. We can talk about these. So... I was trying to find who does marriage benefit in the 21st century. And I found some interesting stats. I just want to share these. I'll, I'll give you all the stats you need. Ready? Two. Nobody. Well, here, well, uh, hey. well check this out. Hey. So according did to a read, study. Did you read Trump's <laughs> stats? <laughs> Look, ac- <laughs> according to a study, married men in America mm-hmm. make 10 to, tw- 10 to 40% more on average, than single men. Mm-hmm. And then married men tend I to have... see that, 100%. Yeah. Married men tend to have $167,000 in assets compared to only $47,000 in assets to single men. Oh, shit. I didn't get a wife. Yeah. But we started thinking about the reasons why. Hey, baby. <laughs> I like long we, we, walks. We, we don't have a uh, quiet storm music. I like long walks. It's, just, it's actually a little scary. And uh, well, let me give you a backdrop. Let me give you a backdrop. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> I ain't crazy. Just on Saturdays. Just don't. But Just not. Don't. But when you think about it, for married men, like you talked about the responsibilities to your kids. Yeah, yeah. So you probably got insurance for them. Mm-hmm. You got a, You own a house. You know what I mean. So that right there is gonna put you. Far ahead, somebody that's just like, hey, I'm just living. I ain't worried about nobody else but myself. You know, it, it is it is different being single because having be, being married, you have a partner. Being re- married to the right person. That's right. Let me take that back. Not just being married, the right person, but being married to the right person that is also your partner. Yeah, will make a, a world of a difference. Because a lot, a lot of people get married and they're just with the person that they that they love. Yeah, they're just with the person that they're with, right? And more often than not, because they're not partners, yeah, there's a lot of static, there's a lot of friction within that union. Yeah, because we're not seeing eye to eye, or we don't have a growth plan. Right, right, right. And without a growth plan, if you're struggling financially, well, shit, you gonna stay in that pit of financial struggle hell yeah so so it's like i can 100 percent see how 
that stat is um, because it's like, oh, if, if you don't have somebody that have your best interest at heart, that's that's going to send emails for you. That's going to them saying like in, in everything that a partner in, that comes with being a partner. Yeah. I'm saying somebody can hold you accountable. Yo, did you call such and such? Right. Did you do X, Y, and Z? Oh, well, this account is low. Mm-hmm. I don't check my account. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just swiping and swiping and swiping because I know I got it. But right. with a partner, they're there to hold you accountable. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't swipe Can't that, do that again. Like, we got these financial goals that we have. We also have these bills that are due on the first of the month. Yeah. I think marriage. <clears throat> so one thing that I found being married now eight years is that. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But you know, be, being married this this amount of time now, um, one thing that I found is that it is very difficult to be successful in marriage and also be like selfish or self centered, mm-hmm. right? So, <clears throat> like, I have to think about my wife. Certain moves I make, I'm just like, uh, let me consider. Sure. You know, how this would affect the household, sure. you know, how this would affect her. So you do have to be a little bit less self-centered. Shit, there's trips you turned me down for because you like, I got I hey, got to check in with my wife. Check in with the wife. I got Yeah, Because, right. I mean, I love you as a brother. <laughs> and I know this pride, my. This ain't that kind of party, my brother. <laughs> This ain't, hey, this, this ain't that kind of love. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she she can do things for me that I, I refuse hey, to let anybody hey, else do. Hey, hey. <laughs> but, yo, it's, I don't you know, know. There's a lot of people that like it, though. No, 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 no. no we ain't doing that. Oh, we ain't doing that. But anyway, yo. um, but 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 I wanted to I wanted to point out. So we talked about it being too easy to have premarital sex. Sex is everywhere. Sex is everywhere. One of the other things I thought about or that I, you know, looked into was family court. Like you talked about poison. You, t- you talked about like the the war on drugs and what that did yeah. to our communities. The court is the war of families, fam. So I I was watching an episode of This Is Life with Lisa Lane, mm-hmm. documentary series on HBO. I think everybody should watch it. Lisa, if you're hearing this, send us a check. But anyway, <laughs> they did a whole episode on like marriage mm-hmm. and specifically divorced men. Mm-hmm. And just how devastating divorce can be on a man. Like the average man loses 33% of his wealth mm-hmm. through divorce. Not only that, they don't get full access to their children. They have to pay alimony. Child, in New York, mm-hmm. you can be thrown in jail. In many other states, mm-hmm. if you can't pay your child support, mm-hmm. and then not only that, during the Clinton era, mm-hmm. they passed a law basically saying that the way courts establish how much you pay in child support is based off your best year mm-hmm. of earnings. So it's like, think about COVID. A lot of people lost their jobs. Let's say what if what if your best year was 2018 and you made $140,000, but then come COVID, you lost your job. You go through a divorce, right? Because a lot of people got divorced because of COVID. You go through divorce, you go to family court, the judge is going to hit you 
for child support based off your best year. Well, what if I lost my job? They had a case on her show about a guy who he was a, a doctor, had his own practice, made a huge mistake, got divorced. His wife was hitting him for nine grand a month and he was unemployed. So they threw him in jail. Shit. They threw him in jail. And now he has a record. Now he has a record. And now he can't find a job in a lot of places. The most. To be able to afford nine grand a uh, month. It is so skewed. The family court system is so skewed. Oh, it's poison, bro. Against the men. It's poison. I, I, I remember <clears throat> I sat in court one day, in family court, probate court, and the the wife the wife was the one that that cheated and she left the husband she took the kids he hasn't seen his kids in 5 years man. and this man is weeping in court yeah. saying i just want to see my babies right i haven't seen my kids in 5 years he's crying yeah a grown man super masculine big bro probably like a construction one whatever right yeah and the judge was like, well, have you been paying your child support? And he's like, yo, I've been sleeping on my buddy's couch. Right. Because, she, oh, my fault. So she also took the house. Yeah. He's broke. So he, he was sitting on, he was sleeping on his buddy's couch. And the, and the guy stood up like, yeah, my guys. And the judge shut both of them down. Like, nah, you got to keep up with your child support and keep up with your alimony. And the guy was like, yo, I'm pretty sure he killed himself. Because you have, you don't have your family, you don't have your children. What is there to live for? It's, it's tough, yeah. bro. So, so like, even with, the, with that reality, like, 50% of marriages end up in divorce. Mm -hmm. So, it's almost like a gamble. And I, I, I personally don't, being that I've gone through that phase. Right. I personally don't believe that the premises of love is what should lead you to marry someone. Right. Does that make sense? It does. So I'd rather like you more than I love you. Because mm -hmm. if I love you, cool, that's an emotion. It could, it, could, it could be up one day. It could be down. Shit, it could go away if you do something fucked up to me. Right. But if I like you, like, yo, I, I, I want to be around you. Yeah, I like your you, company. Right, because I could, I could love you and hate your company. Yeah. We could go out to dinner together and we're, we're both just quiet. Right. We could raise kids together, still not like each other. <laughs> the same, be in the same house. And it's, it's unpleasant, but we're just used to each other. Yeah. We're used to loving each other. Right. If I like you, like, like nah. I, what are you doing today for lunch? What are you doing after work? Right. Yo, let's go grab some drinks. Yo, let's go do this. It makes the experience more pleasurable. It does. And I, and I agree with that. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? And, and so... You know, when we start talking about, like, the reason of marriage, mm -hmm. like, yes, you know, once we hit the, you know, the Victorian era, you know, marriage became this romanticized thing about, you know, a, a damsel in distress being mm -hmm. swept off her feet by her Prince Charming and this and that. But the truth of the matter is marriage has always been an economic social contract. For sure. And I, and I think that's what premarital counseling should focus on. Yeah. Not love, <laughs> but like the economic 
the economical focus, right? Yeah. But also raising raising a family, right? To duplicate, you know what I'm saying like what the two of you are bringing to the table. Yeah, and and I I, I see that. You know, I think part of it is like <clears throat> one thing that we tend to focus on is a wedding day. Mm-hmm. You know, and, we, and happy wife, happy life. Listen, that, man, that's the biggest that. <laughs> That's that's some bullshit, bro. It should be happy spouse, happy house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember when I was working in the corporate world, there was a coworker of mine who was getting ready to get married, and we, you know, we were kind of close, and we just kind of chit chatting and whatnot, and we started talking about how much they were spending on their wedding. They spent fifty thousand dollars on a wedding for a day, bro. The houses in this part of Georgia at the time, mm-hmm. we're talking like 2008, bro, you could buy like a four-bedroom, two-and-a-half bathroom with a flex room, two-car garage house on a quarter acre for like $109,000. That's just crazy. <laughs> Real talk. And they were renters? They were, renting? they, they, they were renting at the time, and you know, they were going to buy a house later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But y'all right. spent half a house on one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get so caught up. In the day. But we don't care about the life. Mm -hmm. Because the truth of the matter is, there's been scientific studies done on marriage which shows that there is, you got two things in marriage. You got like and you got lust, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're going to marry somebody, I'm just, this. I'm not an expert, but I'm going to put it out there. If you're not physically attracted or sexually attracted to the person that you want to marry, don't do it, right? Because it's not going to work. I agree. That's not gonna work. I don't know. Ugly girls got the that three thousand game popping. That's lust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the ugly girls are yeah. putting on you, man. You, you did that a little. <laughs> I know it's proud, yeah. but but you did that shit a little bit too good. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, but yeah, I'm telling you, especially the big the big birthers, man. <laughs> but listen, but think about it. You're not gonna think about it. I'm not thinking about they, that. Right they have, they have to, they have to, <clears throat> they have to make up for the areas that they're not strong in. I, I can, so, I so, see the logic and where you're going. So, <laughs> but yo, like, so think about it like this. <laughs> Can you get it out? <laughs> but you got liking, you got love. Oh, so I was shit. looking at this study, which showed that after three years, like lust, the amount of specifically men, right, who feel lust for their wives, it drops a little bit after three years. Mm-hmm. And then there's another drop at seven years, right? And so it's like once you get married and once you go, you know, you do your honeymoon and oh, you go to Jamaica because we all go to Jamaica or the Bahamas. It's like after three years, it's normal to you. And then after another four years, it gets even more number. It, it becomes more routine. And it's kind of like like there has to be something else. So like you talked about legacy. You talked about having children, building families, having a partner, somebody you actually like being around. Yeah. That's what keeps marriages going for 30 years, you know? I, I, I agree with that. But what? A lot of us are broken before we get into this relationship. That's facts. So I think more of an emphasis need to be put on 
the the repairing of self and getting to know self. Talking about therapy? Yeah, ther- therapy. Yeah, we'll, we'll throw therapy in there. Give it up for therapy. <laughs> they done well, fucked up and let me get to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll give it up for therapy. But, but even like, all right, so what I tell every young lady in my family is this. Don't get into a relationship until you're well-traveled. Young men too. I like that. Young men too, because you'll have a different perspective of, of people. Yeah. Not everyone is going to fit in. You know, saying like what you're used to seeing, what you're used to being around the the men that are that are in your family. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> this is just so much that you could learn about about life, about yourself, being exposed to different cultures, being put in a position where. Shit, you may not even speak the language, but you're forced You're forced to communicate. I like that. Right? You're forced to communicate. And even with communication, like, it's, 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 the, it's the most important component yeah. in any relationship. So if you do not know how to communicate before you get married, shit, take some communication classes. Yeah. Because a lot, a lot of times, like, yeah... Uh, a lot of communication is nonverbal, yeah, right. But that nonverbal may translate into if if I don't if I don't know you know you, yeah, right. That nonverbal communication could could be misconstrued. That's true. And I may not understand what you're trying to convey through through your nonverbal communication, and I misinterpret and miss the whole message. Yeah. So what I'm saying I think learning how to communicate before you even get into a relationship or while you're in a relationship thinking about marriage. That communication needs to be priority. Yeah, I, I agree with that. <clears throat> and, you know, I so this is a conversation that I had some years ago. And, we, you know, like you brought up premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I found is that, you know, so my wife and I, we own an organization called NSYNC Couples, right? And, you know, we do like Which couple I've retreats. never been invited to. Well, it's, it's back on this year. COVID set us back, but we back, you All know. Right. But, um, baby, <laughs> we got somewhere to go now. We got to get the quiet storm music for you. We got, to get, we got somewhere to go now. But, um, part of the thing is, hold uh, up, do I have to be married to go? We'll discuss that off, off air. All right. All right. You know, not all couples that have been to our retreats have been married. I will say that. And they're probably the happiest on the retreats. We'll talk about that off air. But <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but, they're the happiest one. They turning up. They, they're holding hands. They're loving on each other. If you can see my face right now. Nah, but, um, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that, so, and I'm going to correlate this to a stat. As we, you know, as we start to prepare for these retreats and mm-hmm. doing research and this and that, you know, I started looking for, like, books mm-hmm. that were secular mm-hmm. about successful marriages. Mm-hmm. And the resources were qu- pretty close to zero. Mm-hmm. And it would seem that only like religious organizations or, you know, basically Christian, Catholic, you know, Islam, whatever, it's only like those are only folks talking about successful marriage, right? Sure. And so one as I started looking up stats, one thing that I found is that the divorce rate has actually dropped every year consistently since 1970. Mm-hmm. But marriage rates have also dropped. Mm-hmm. And then I started looking up other stats and I started finding out that 
more Americans identify as nuns on the religious scale than ever before. Meaning they either like they don't have a, a church denomination that they follow or a specific religion that they attest to. And when you think about marriage, most of it seems to be kind of pushed or we kind of have this social construct mm-hmm. that says that the church is the authority mm-hmm. on marriage. Mm-hmm. So it's like if less people identify with some like religious sense, then clearly less people are going to get married. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's a crazy correlation, but I think it all makes sense. It, it, I, I can see that 100%. Because <clears throat> as, a, as a church, you want to have families. Yeah, absolutely. You want to have husband and wife. Because if there's a whole bunch of single niggas in church, and there's a whole bunch of single women in church, a it's lot of them baddies. It's going to be some problems. <laughs> We gonna be going through them. <laughs> Somebody else some problems. <laughs> but I, I I do think it's a beautiful thing. Um, but uh, when I when I when I was younger and I was going to church, the struggle with with sexuality and controlling self. Hormones, yeah. Well, just hormones. Period was 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 taught uh, was taught as being of the devil. Yeah, it's a sin to feel your natural urge to yeah. be yeah. sexual. Yeah. So so like a lot of times, they would shame you into feeling guilty because shit, you, you break. Yeah. I'm saying you see something nice. Sister so and so and the same bouncing up and down, and I mean, it it, it, curled it arouses it, you it, in it, a certain it, cur- way. it curled your noodle, <laughs> you saying and uncurled it, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uncurled it. <laughs> so so like they they shamed you, yeah. then never really wanted to have the conversation about sex in its proper context, yeah, and never really wanted to talk about or deal with. I'm saying like knowledge of self, yeah, knowing self, who you are, not 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 as a Christian, as being a part of this organization, right? But me as an individual, <clears throat> like yo, like I don't, I don't, I can't take a cold shower and yeah, be dehornified, right? You know I mean? <laughs> like shit, that it's a part of you. My nipples is gonna be hard in there, and I'm still gonna be brick. You know I'm saying yeah. so, so it's like. I think that the church in pause. a lot of ways, yeah, pause. <laughs> I think the church in a lot of ways missed that mark in in helping to raise a healthy young man or young woman and just jump straight towards marriage. Yeah. And I think part of that cuz when we dating it's either two extremes. Yep. We ain't having sex and I don't purity desire ring. you sexually, I don't desire you or Nigga, we out here. Yeah. We shacking up, as they would say. Right. You know, I think part of that, too, is like, you know, like, sex is such, it like. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, sex is so strong that they had to, after the fact, added to Maslow's hierarchy Mm. needs. 
you need as a human being, sex is a need that is a very strong, primitive urge in you. It should have been the first thing on there, bro. Like, I mean, honestly, think about it. You know, after you feed me, after you make sure I got shelter and security, what's next, bro? We we could have sex outside. <laughs> yeah, as long as and just take a nap. Yeah, <laughs> long, as long as I got a safe space, I I don't need to be safe. You, we got each other. Well, I'm running on you. I mean, hey, that's a lot of people being <laughs> born in Philly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but nah, I mean, you know, the, the, so like, like sex has been treated as such a taboo. And this is why I have a problem with people that say that sex education shouldn't be taught in schools. My, my problem with that is that most of parents aren't necessarily sitting down with their teenager mm-hmm. And saying, look, let's have the sex talk. And not in a way that's like, you know, tell me about what you think about sex. I, and and you think about how we were brought up with our black parents. A lot of times it was like, don't you bring no baby in this house. Because if you bring a baby, I ain't raising no more baby. Big facts. You know what I'm saying? Shit, my, my, my upbringing, we didn't talk about, we didn't have any uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. Aside from, shit, we didn't have any <laughs> uncomfortable comment. So, so when I when I um when I was having my first child, yeah, my mother was like, "I thought you was a virgin, mm-hmm. man. You ain't smell all this sex in here." No. <laughs> Every day <laughs> coming home from work, <laughs> my mom found out at a doctor's <laughs> appointment when I, when I was like, I was like fifteen. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you, you as a parent, you say that you still going to a pediatrician at yeah, that yeah. age. And, uh, you know, the doctor was like, you know, are you having sexual activity? And uh, I was taught not to lie. Oh, shit. So I was like, uh, yeah. And my mother looked at me so crazy. <laughs> and when we left, she was like, so you out here having sex? And I'm like, well, yeah. And from that point on, we started having some some conversations that was real uncomfortable, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was too late. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time, you know, <laughs> she was late. Yeah, 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 she yeah. was late. He was knocking them down. But, but then from that point, it's like, if if you had kind of had these conversations, and it's not not to shame my mom or anything, but it's like it's a conversation we need to have a little bit earlier with our children. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm 100%. saying? One hundred percent. I keep it. You know my relationship. I know your relationship. Yeah, with I keep your it kids. funky. I will ask you, yo, you fucking? There you go. Keep it a G. I keep it funky because because it's like I I know where I constantly remind them. I had y'all young, right? So I know what time it is. Yeah. I I'll know when you lose your virginity. Yeah, because there is a change. There's a change. There's the attitude. Change. They may listen to this and try to get some tips, but. Nah. I know what time it is. Yeah. So so it's like, yo, let's 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 have these tough conversations. It's uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Super uncomfortable. But at the same time, like these are conversations that need to be had. That's facts. Because I, I don't want to be no young granddad. Yeah. Nor do I want to be taking care of a sick a sick child. Yeah. See what I'm saying? I so know it's what like, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. And and I think, you know, as we start Moving forward in this new century, I mean, uh, we 20 years into it, 22, it's like we need to start having these real conversations because part of the things as we start talking about marriage, 
like part of the new thing, the new deal with marriage, I feel like is there's going to be more people who get married whose spouses have been around the corner, let alone around the block. If you see what I'm saying? And so it's like, where... So not a full-blown hoe is what he's trying to say. Well, no, I'm but saying even even more full-blown. Oh, shit. Because it's one thing to go around the block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you go around a corner, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, that's like my neighbor's house. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, but because we're such a, like, you know. For sure, for sure. Because even though we have distance, we got social media, which it can. Sh- it shrinks the world. It can shrink the world. I th- I think that um I don't know man so I I'll tell you this the the biggest the the biggest issue in relationships and I can attest to this yeah and I mentioned this earlier is communication bro that's facts um I, I can't stress that I can't stress that enough it's true um, and learn to to communicate effectively. I, I could look at all the, so in the 10 years that we were together, but I could count on one hand how many arguments we had. Right. And and not to say that I wanted more arguments, but I wanted more uncomfortable conversations so we could really understand where, where we're coming from. Yeah. As individuals. Yeah. Because when I, my desire is for, for all my children to grow up together. Right, but in between that, like, what's my des- what are, what are our desires for for each other? Yeah, you know what I'm saying if we're not meeting those des- desires, right? All right, cool. What can be tweaked? What work that what work needs to be done? Yeah, no, and and I I feel that you know what I'm saying, I, and I think you brought up a good point. Like communication is key. I I think it's the ultimate key to relationships sure. because if you can't communicate properly, like what you expect. Or, you know, like, I mean, let's face it, we're men, right? So part of the thing that we haven't really talked about is how society pushes us to avoid marriage. Mm. But not only that, they push this false stoicism on us. Like, oh, you don't talk about your feelings, right? You don't talk about, you don't share your emotions, right? I think, I think that's, that there's a shift though. I think there's a shift, but once again, we start talking about some hyperbolic language. So I think we've pushed men too far in the other direction. So it's like it's being gay. Nah. It's being feminine. But I think we pushed us too far into our emotions. Cause here's the thing. Or being soft. Being little bitches. If that's what you want to call it. I think this liquor just kicked in. It it did. It's it's, it's I mean I'm on my fourth one. This thing is nice. This shit. It it don't yeah this is nice. This ain't a contradiction no Listen. more. This thing is straightforward. <laughs> this is straightforward. <laughs> this is all facts. <laughs> it ain't lying. Listen the the name of the bottle again is Contradiction Bourbon. Yeah. And the logo is an elephant standing on a barrel. Yeah. He's standing on my neck right now. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, if you think about it, as a man, there are times when you need to steal your emotions mm. to go do what is necessary. For sure. Like, and I'm, I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm not the greatest at this. I don't think any man is perfect. But there's been times in my life where, like, it's like I, I literally had to say, like, look, I just got to go do something. You know what I mean? And I can't get down about it. Hell, just today. I mean, just to give a real-life example. 
just today I had a situation pop up where I literally lost. Yesterday I earned like $12,000 in revenue, and today I lost it. And I had to deal with somebody else's fear. We got to go see somebody? We ain't got to go see him. Sure. But it was a situation like when it happened, it was like. This is just to do a, a drive-by prayer. <laughs> drive-by meditation. <laughs> yeah, drive-by meditation. <laughs> so I, I had to, you know, all right, cool. Like, this is not good. I'm trying to do a renovations on the house. All right, let me take this deep breath. Let me get this person straight. Because this is a situation that it, it, it could hurt, but it's like, nah, you know what? Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Let me lean into this situation, right? And that's something that we have taught our men to be victims. Oh, because now we identify mm. ourselves with our afflictions, right? So now it's, oh, yeah, I've been diagnosed with depression. Yeah, or, I see what you're saying. I have anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have this. I have that. No, you, you you don't have to identify yourself by your worst affliction. Nigga, you got to get your shit together. <laughs> That's what you got. You still got to live. Yeah, you got to get your shit together. Because when you go out the door, I can't see anxiety. Yeah, yeah. I can't see depression. And even if I can, that doesn't mean I'm going to give you a break. Mm -hmm. So, and, and that's that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast to begin with, bro, is to be... Uh, for for one, it's, it's therapeutic these yeah. conversations that we have, um, and two, a lot of these conversations ain't really. I'm, I'm seeing it happen more and more. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying, and I'm not. I'm definitely not saying that it doesn't happen, but <clears throat> it's, it's it doesn't happen as often that it does need to happen. Yeah. Whereas there's a lot of men that think that it's 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 weak to have these conversations. Yeah. But what's crazy is right. A lot of, a lot of our followers, a lot, a lot of our supporters and listeners are women. They're women, yeah. But when I get a, when I hear a guy's perspective on our conversation, yeah, they're like, "Yo, that shit's crazy. Yo, you should have me on there. I got some shit I gotta get up because yeah. it's it's therapeutic. It's therapeutic. It's therapeutic. Yeah. So so it's like we we want to promote. You know, saying like more of these conversations. We want to promote more of these thoughts and ideas, and we don't we don't always have it all together. Nah, um, I mean I'm close to perfect, but yeah, I'm close to it. As in like, don't say nothing stupid. You know what? That sounds like don't, a good joke. That sounds like you a don't even know what joke. button to hit. <laughs> 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 can't get this man no toys. They can't give me no bourbon. But um, but yeah, man, these are beautiful conversations. I I think I think Matt. I think marriage is beautiful, it right? is. but it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. I, I think it's, it's beautiful. Would there's a lot of benefits in it? Um, but there's also no specific way to have a relationship. Right. So I don't, I don't want folks to say what to think that I don't want folks to think that the only way to have a successful marriage or to build an empire is to be married. Yeah. They're, they're legal, uh, ramifications that come into play that can protect your partner. Yeah. Right. Which is important. It is. But so are contracts. Yeah. You know I'm saying so, so are contracts, but, um, I think ma marriage is shit to each his own. <laughs> like I said earlier, I've been there, done that guy t-shirt. Yeah. 
and I'm looking to love on somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to throw myself under the bus. Hey, baby, how you doing? <laughs> nah, I'm I'm looking forward to them saying like, there's a lot of lessons that I learned yeah. in 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 a failed marriage. There's a mm. lot of lessons that I've learned. Um, I'm I'm all about self development. Yep. So like, if something didn't work out, I'm going to assess and analyze, mm -hmm. so I don't repeat those. Those issues, um, I guess maybe that's the businessman in me, you know. I mean, you know, work. some things you, you gotta look succeed, at. Try, try again. Dust yourself off and try it. Oh, I also have a karaoke night coming up soon. It must be. Uh. <laughs> but look, I mean, it's like you don't have to look at every loss as a loss. Some that's losses right. are lessons. All right. You know, and and like to me, like you know, if I could kind of wrap a bow on it as far as marriage goes, because we're about to get out of here, but like. To me, marriage is a social contract between two consenting adults. You know what I'm saying? And they have made a choice to share their resources, share their life, be open and honest with one another. And they've set an expectation as to how they're going to do that and build a family and legacy, right? And so I think the biggest part of marriage is to have an expectation. And once you have set forth an expectation and you have learned how to properly communicate with your spouse, you can be successful. It's an ongoing process. You never get perfect at it. You constantly work on it. But with work, with honesty, with kind of being vulnerable, which is a whole nother topic, especially for men, you can be successful at marriage. You know, and or you could be successful at just Relationships. You can be successful in relationships. As a 50-year girlfriend. You can be successful in your business relationships if you're more vulnerable. For sure. You know, but in the context of marriage, I think that people have to understand it's not just one day, it's one life. And if you can look at, if you can look at the light at the end of the tunnel and focus on how you're going to get there as opposed to getting into the tunnel, you may actually have an opportunity be, to be successful at it. So, you know, with that, we're going to kind of wrap this thing up. So I guess before we get out of here, what's one piece of advice that you would give to a man who is thinking about getting married? Oh, shit. Just one thing? Just one thing? Just one thing. Just one thing. Damn, you should have you should have briefed me on 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 that question, brother. Just I gotta one, keep you on your toes. Just one thing. Shit. Just one. Just one. All right, I'm gonna think of one. Can it be kind of like a, 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 a one that has like two things in it? It's gotta be something. I mean, the clock is ticking. Shit. All right, cool. <laughs> um. Damn. So I'm gonna say this. Yeah, we're gonna need a part two on that. <laughs> and we, we we can definitely do a part two. Um, I like that idea actually. I'll I'll, I'll say. Uh, assess. Learn to assess facts, versus feelings. Mm, that's good. Learn to assess facts versus feelings. That's good. That's, that's good. as an individual. Yeah. As the person you're seeking out. That's dope. And as a couple. Together. That belongs so, on the t-shirt. So so three things. Learn to 
assess facts and feelings for self, okay, the other person, yeah, and collectively. There you go. I like that. Um, you know, my only piece of advice would be as, as a man, learn who you are and where you're going. Because you can't lead and guide anybody until you know where you're going. Yeah, that's dope. And with that, that's dope. this has been another episode of The King's Table. Yes, sir. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Hope so. You know what I mean? Come check us out wherever you listen to your podcast. Spotify. Everywhere. Apple. Everywhere. Freaking Google Podcasts. Tune in. You know what I mean? What's Where, the Apple joint? iTunes. Yeah. Or Apple Podcasts. One of the two. We on there, too. On there too. Matter of fact, if you listen to us on Apple, do us a favor, leave a review, even if it's one stars, even if you hate us, leave a review so that way you can hear more of us. Or you can tell more people to listen to us and hate us just as much as you do. For sure. It's all good. We love y'all. All right, make sure you follow us on Instagram. Follow too. us on Instagram. Un- underscore King's Table. Yes, sir. We always there. We lit. Come check us out. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all listening to us. And until next time, this has been a new episode of The King's Table, where it's all about bourbon, brotherhood, and breaking bread.